I'm in my Dr. Phil bag today as we provide a quick therapy session for our forever Longhorn, Joseph Osai. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Joseph Osai became a household name last night for less than ideal reasons. We discussed that. And the Big 12 dominated the SEC in college basketball on Saturday, 7-3 to in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Unfortunately for the Longhorns, they were part of the three, losing 82 to 71 to forever Longhorn and Longhorn legend Rick Barnes and the Tennessee Volunteers. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns. The therapy session for Joseph Osai. And I know some of y'all don't watch NFL football. Some of y'all may have missed what happened last night in the AFC championship game and what happened with Joseph Osai. So before we get into the therapy session, let me set the table for you really quickly. Let me put the food on the plate for you. So... It's 20 to 20 Chiefs, Bengals, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes going at it. End of the game. Chiefs are driving to try to win it. It's a third and four with about 15 to 16 seconds left. So nobody open. Patrick Mahomes decides to scramble really for the first time all game. We know he sprained his ankle last week. He scrambles, gets the first down and gets out of bounds. Where Patrick Mahomes runs out of bounds, it would have been a 60-yard field goal from that point. The Chiefs had eight seconds left on the clock with no timeouts. So the likelihood of them having to take that 60-yard field goal was very high. You don't have time to run a play in the middle of the field or anywhere in the field to play and get tackled because you don't have time to come back and run another play or especially get the field goal unit on the field. And the chances of the Bengals giving up a play to the sidelines, knowing that's what you need, knowing you have no timeouts, is slim to none. You are going to have to take that 60-yard field goal. Statistics tell us that you're probably not going to make a 60-yard field goal. So what does Joseph Osai have to do with this? When Patrick Mahomes runs out of bounds with the first down, where it would have been a 60-yard field goal from that point, Joseph Osai, who had the game of his life, who was hustling, just trying to make a play, trying to keep his team in contention for a Super Bowl title. He overhustled and became a household name for the wrong reasons. He's running, probably can't catch himself, pushes Patrick Mahomes out of bounds super late. They call a penalty, 15 yards, which takes that from a 60-yard field goal to a 45-yard field goal, which Harrison Bucker makes and sends the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. And then I feel like we buried the lead, too, because, I mean, we've talked about that, but it also looked like Joseph Osai might have badly hurt his knee on the play. And so we'll have to see what happens with that. But Joseph Osai was playing the game of his life, right? I think he had a pass deflection, so he was active, you know, as a defensive lineman doing that. He had multiple quarterback hurries. He was in the backfield, right? He had a tackle for loss. He had two quarterback hits. He was putting pressure more than anybody else on Patrick Mahomes all night. 
he was a big reason why the Chiefs had only scored 20 points up until that point. And so to see Joseph Osai, whose heart was in the right place, right? This wasn't some dumb rough in the passer penalty or it wasn't some dumb bonehead. You know, he punched somebody in the head because he was frustrated and it put the Chiefs in field goal range. It wasn't anything like that. This is adrenaline. This is emotion. This is intensity. This is, oh, my God, I see this quarterback running. He might get in the field goal range. This could be the kick that sends us home and sends the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. I have to hustle and make a play. And making a play is what put the Chiefs in field goal range. Did Joseph Osai lose the game for, was he the singular reason they lost the game for the Bengals? Of course not, right? Was that one of the biggest plays of the game? Yes, right? Did that probably contribute a lot? to the Chiefs winning? Yes. Did that take an opportunity out of Joe Burrow's hands to match Patrick Mahomes in overtime? Probably. So it's just unfortunate to see somebody that's such a good kid, such a great football player, who's got his whole career ahead of him in this social media era, now being known for the mistake that sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl or the mistake that cost the Bengals a chance to go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. And as Longhorn fans and Longhorn Nation, of course, we have a little bit of a soft spot for Joseph Osai. Of course, we're going to lean a little, bit, a little bit more towards Joseph Osai because, one, we know the type of person he is. We know the type of character he is. We know that he's a humble, hardworking guy that gives 110% on every play, has one of the hardest motors we've ever seen at the 40 Acres and in the NFL. So we're going to be partial to Joseph Osai, and I understand that. And while also saying that you can't make that play in that moment, And that play is the play that put them in field goal range. But Joseph Osai is turning into a force in this league. Same way we saw him turn into a force at the 40 acres. And it sucks to see a young player. And I'm glad that a lot of his teammates rallied around him. But it sucks to see a young player that has so much promise and potential that plays the game the right way, lives his life the right way, And it really is a model of consistency. Somebody that young kids should look up to. Have to deal with this for an entire offseason. Have to deal with the media calling him a dumb player. Saying he made a dumb mistake. Saying that he cost his team. He has to deal with the thoughts of feeling like he cost his team a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. And that sucks. That's unfortunate, right? His own teammate called him out. Right. Probably thinking the cameras weren't rolling or whatever. He's walking to the locker room. He yells, why the F would you touch the quarterback? He has to deal with that. Right. And unfortunately, like I said, in the social media era we live in, if Joseph Osai doesn't turn into a pro bowl or all pro player, the biggest play of his career where people will always remember is the fact that he shoved Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, which likely led to a game winning field goal. But like I said, Joseph Osai was the Bengals best defensive player all night. Joseph Osai was probably the biggest reason that this explosive Chiefs offense only had 20 points the entire night. And from what we know about Joseph Osai, the person, the personality, the character, the humble nature, the hard worker, the relentless motor, the person that'll put everything on the line for their teammates to try to win the game. And oh, on top of that, he's a hell of a football player. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll shake back from that. And he knows that his teammates have his support besides the one that yelled, why the F would you touch 
the, the quarterback. He probably won't even be there next year. And he knows all of Longhorn Nation has his back. There was a lot of support on Twitter for him last night. And the broadcast showing him crying for as long as they did was unnecessary. Like I said, as Longhorn Nation, we're going to be partial to Joseph Osai because of everything that he's done at the 40 Acres and what we know about him as a person. And it's a really tough break for a young kid who really just doesn't deserve this. But it happened. And now what will you turn this into? Will you let this break you? From what I know about Joseph Osai, hell no. Can you turn this into motivation? Can you let this moment make you great? Like DJ Reader, his teammate said, this moment, this situation will find Joseph Osai in a game again. And how he handles it next time will show the true mark of a champion. A quick word from FanDuel, and then we're going to talk about Texas and Tennessee on Saturday, and then Texas and Baylor tonight. Two very tough games for Rodney Terry and the Texas men's basketball team. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So Saturday just wasn't a great basketball day for me, period. One, my Texas Longhorns lost to the Tennessee Volunteers, 82-71, which we'll get into here shortly. But my, my alma mater, my original alma mater, Texas Southern University, HBCU in Houston, Texas. Shout out to them. Shout out to Locked On HBCU also, my boy Darian Gray. For any HBCU coverage you may need, check that out. They lost in double overtime to Prairie View. After having a 13-point lead, I was in the building. I paid $30 to go to the game. Also, Mitch missed watching the Tennessee-Texas game live to see my alma mater blow a 13-point lead and lose in double overtime, which, once again, cost me $30. So it wasn't a great basketball day for me on Saturday, but we moved, right? As I said, the Big 12 dominated the SEC in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, proving that the Big 12 is the premier conference in college basketball once again, going seven and three against the SEC on Saturday. Unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, one of the three was the Texas Longhorns losing 82 to 71 to Rick Barnes and the Tennessee Volunteers. They got their lick back, right, for lack of a better term, last year, losing 52 to 51 in Rick Barnes' return to Austin, right? And like I said, there were six players on that team last year that were on this team this year, and they definitely had a big impact. I said that before the Tennessee-Texas game on Tuesday, we'll know a lot about this Texas basketball team because now they have to face off against a very tough Baylor team in the Moody Center tonight that has won six straight games and is very explosive at the guard positions, which we'll find out tonight in the Moody Center who can win that matchup, right? The, the Longhorns guards or Baylor's guards. But in this Tennessee-Texas game, I came into the game telling you that this was the number one defensive team in the country in Tennessee. 
and they had only allowed 70 points twice this season. They had not allowed 80 points to any opponents in now 21 games, right? And Texas was only able to score 71. And when you look at the shooting splits, you're not going to win a game against a team as good as Tennessee shooting 45% from the floor and 29% from the three. And then neither team was especially efficient from the free throw line. But if you're going to lose the shooting battle in the three-point line and the field goal, then you can't match or be below what they did from the free throw line. I think they were barely better. Like Tennessee shot 69% from the free throw line and Texas shot 70.6, right? So essentially they matched each other from there. I said that similar to the Iowa State game, Tennessee was going to try to find a way to take Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen out of the game and make everybody else beat them. And so Marcus Carr took 12 shots, but he was four for 12. He wasn't efficient. He really only had 11 points, right? That's not going to cut it from somebody that averages 17 and is your go-to get a bucket guy, right? Timmy Allen, only six shots, right? Just like he only took eight shots against Iowa State. He went three for six, but you're not giving me anything on on six shots. He only scored six points. Serge Abari Rice, he missed six threes, but he did go eight for 16 from the field. He gave you 21 points. He was your leading scorer. Who else came with him? Like I said, Marcus Carr gave you 11 points on 12 shots. That's not good enough to beat Tennessee. Brock Cunningham gave you 11 points on four shots. So really, your second best player against the Tennessee Volunteers was Brock Cunningham, right? That's not going to cut it. This Texas team has a lot of offensive skill talent. I know Tyrese Hunter said on Twitter that he's been hurt. He's been dealing with some injuries, but he just hasn't been the same player since the first couple of weeks of the season, right? And to me, when they face tough defenses, this goes back to last year, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr can disappear at times, right? In the biggest games, I remember Texas Tech last year where Marcus Carr had zero points. In your biggest games, Big-time players are supposed to make big-time plays. And when they face the tougher teams, when they face the tougher defenses, it seems like, you know, Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen, you know, they leave a lot to be desired at times. And to beat Baylor tonight, they're going to have to show up and be the biggest reasons that we win. I remember when we beat Kansas last year in the drum, right? I think Timmy Allen went for over 20, you know? They're going to have to get their offense together against this Baylor team. Because one thing this Baylor team can do, they're hot right now. They've won six in a row. They can score the basketball, right? Their three guards average 18 points. I mean, their three guards average 48 points a game collectively. Like, they can get buckets. You know what I'm saying? Like, on the road, defense regardless, at home, like, they can get buckets, you know? And then when you look at on the defensive side, right, you can't allow two Tennessee players to essentially put up NBA stat lines. So when I look at... Ziegler, the guard, he had 22 and 10, right? That's an NBA stat line. And then to their big man, he had 27 points and eight rebounds. That's an NBA stat line, right? And so you have to be better in that regard. I talked about the rebounding advantage, how big that would be, right? 38 to 23. That's really one of the biggest reasons you lost the game. You didn't shoot well and gave them 15 more rebounds on the road to the best defensive team in the country. So if we learned anything about Texas against Tennessee – it's that outside of the Gonzaga and the Creighton game, Texas has not been able to play up to the level of competition this year because the best teams you've faced, you've lost to, right? Like I said, Gonzaga and Creighton, notwithstanding, you lost to Illinois when they were ranked. You lost to Kansas State at the top of the Big 12. 
and then you lost to Iowa State at the top of the Big 12. The next best team you faced is Tennessee, or it might be the best team you faced, right? You lost to them as well. So you're essentially, what, two and four against the top teams that you played, unless you want to throw TCU in there. Still, you're three and four. That's not what you're expecting from a championship team, championship-level team in Texas. And so we're going to know a lot more tomorrow morning about this Texas basketball team based on what they do against Baylor tonight. But I think at home, coming off a tough loss against this Tennessee team, not shooting the ball well like you did, getting punked on the boards, right, by 15, uh, you know, not being able to score off turnovers, really just not playing your game. You know, you let Tennessee play their game. Texas didn't play your game, right? Now that you're back at home in the Moody Center, I think this is a must-win game against the Baylor Bears. I don't think you can go out and lose to Tennessee and then lose to Baylor and then say, yeah, this basketball team is capable of going all the way in the Final Four tournament, right? I think you need a statement win for Rodney Terry tonight, whose biggest win is against TCU, right? You need a statement win for Rodney Terry. You need a statement win for this basketball team. And you need a big win to propel you to the rest of Big 12 conference play. Because you still have to play Baylor another time. You still have to play Kansas State. You still have to play Iowa State again. You still have to play Kansas twice. And you can slip up to a Texas Tech, an Oklahoma team that just smacked Oklahoma, I mean Alabama by 24 points. I mean, you could lose to anybody in this Big 12. So I think you need a statement win tonight against Baylor. You need to get back on track because it's going to be a tough road for the rest of the season in conference play, the Big 12 tournament. And before you know it, the NCAA tournament will be here. And if you want to make a run in the NCAA tournament, to me, it starts tonight in the Moody Center against the Baylor Bears. Rodney Terry and this Texas men's basketball team, y'all need to go get a signature win and protect home court in the Moody Center. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joseph Osai, Longhorn Nation, forever love. We got your back. Bounce back stronger. Hook them and peace.